0: Welcome to Robertson Avenue Baptist Church. This is the day of the Lord has made. We should rejoice and be glad in it. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And it's so wonderful to look at this. see all those smiling faces, see all those twinkling eyes. God bless you. If you're joining with us this morning for the first time, we want to welcome you as a visitor. We want to ask God to bless you this morning. If you're just now tuning in on our live stream, we also want to welcome you and ask you to being a part of what God is doing here at Robinson Avenue Baptist Church. If you would, visitors, take out that little visitor card you'll find in front of you, fill it out, place it in the office, and come around so we can have a record of your visit. We would greatly appreciate that. In the meantime, church, let's go on with a little bit of what's happening at RABC. There's a lot of things going on, and we want you to come and be a part of that. Today, at 4 o'clock, we're having ministry meetings, 4.30. We're going to have choir practice, and I just want to remind you that next Sunday on the 15th, that fire practice will turn into Christmas and a practice. So come and be a part of that as well. All right, coming up August 21st, we will be having, you might see the little flyer inside the bulletin, an active shooter training session here at Ramsey Avenue Baptist Church. Uh, and there is a, 22nd, so there, there is a um, sign up. Up for that. It's open to the whole entire church. So we would like to see those of you that are interested in being on the security team and those that are already on the security team come and be a part of that as well. The interesting class, yes. It should be Sunday the 22nd. So that's okay. Sunday the 22nd. So I got the double fingers in the back changing it for me and that's set it right there. 22nd. All right. So it will be Sunday the 22nd. It will be in between our Sunday morning and our evening services. And so we do, like I said, have that final sheet in the back. And if you would, be so kind as to place your name on it so we could have a, a picture of how many is coming. We would greatly appreciate that. Plus, the instructor is wanting to know about how many to expect. All right. Uh, also, want to remind you that uh, we have evening services at 6 o'clock. Wednesday night, Bible study at 6.30. Uh, if you are a part of experiencing God on Monday night, at 6 o'clock in the Fellowship Hall. Don't forget, uh, ladies, Bible study will be starting back up soon. So be in prayer about that. And don't forget Men's Bible Study, Thursdays at 6.30. So come and be a part of what God's doing at Robertson Avenue. Coming up Saturday, the 28th, church, we'll have an OCC crafting day. And they'll be in the fellowship hall from 9 to 4. And I want to remind you that our items of the month for OCC is small game. So prayerfully consider being a part of that. Also, uh, I want to remind you also that the evening of the 15th, we'll have our quarterly business meeting. And... We're starting to get ready for an upcoming, uh, very special Sunday, it's the fifth Sunday of the month of August. We're going to have a special singer come in. Her name is Lynette Johnson. Complete be in prayer for her there. We're going to follow that service up with a potluck. And, of course, during that potluck, we'll have our Ministry Awareness Day. You can come and get some more information about all those ministries we just talked about security, choir, uh, kitchen, anything of that nature. There'll be some folks there to be able to talk to you about that and perhaps get you involved in that ministry right there on the Prayerfully consider being a part of that. We'd also greatly appreciate that. I think that's all at the moment, uh, but uh, I stand to be collected that. Blessed be the name of the Lord. With that being said, let's go to the Lord in prayer. And after we pray, we you turn to your neighbor and welcome them to the house of God? Let's pray together. Father, we come to you in Jesus' name. We want to thank you so much for our choosing to be in your house this morning. And Lord God, as we worship, we're just praying that you would help us to worship you keep Jesus' spirit. I'm praying, Lord, you goodness. I'm praying, Lord God, that you'd help us to lay aside anything this morning. Between us and you, and help us concentrate on you in the worship. I'm praying, Lord, for each head of heart to will be a single soul, Lord, that you come in on this personal Lord, save me, that you let save me that day to give you the praise, the honor, and glory. And I just pray, Lord, that the Spirit would fall, but the sin come down like rain right here in this sanctuary, Lord, to do my worship. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, would you please rise and welcome your neighbor? making your way back to your seat, I have a short video I'd like you to see. short video about Operation Christmas Child. This is Delia story. I
1: I was born in communist Romania, raised by a single mom. I remember how hard it was for my mom to provide for us, not only financially, but also to fill the gap that my father left in my life. Living under communism, it was very difficult as well. The electricity was turned off early in the afternoon so many times. As a child, I would have to do my homework at a candlelight. The grocery stores were entering. So many Christmas is the only gift I received as a child. It was an orange. One Christmas was very special for me. I remember being in the church with my mom, and uh, there was this huge pile of beautiful wrapped presents, and each child received a gift one. I remember opening that box and just looking inside the box, all I could see was bright colors, colors that I haven't seen in my first year living under communism. And there was a beautiful toothbrush and colorful pencils and so many hair accessories. What God had reminded me by receiving that shoebox, it was that he does does provide for me, and not only that he provides for me, but also he gives me more so I can share with others. Now, here's set by and after I graduated from college, I wanted to visa lottery, so I moved to the United States as a permanent resident. I've been living now for over 12 years, and I can say that he has been me dramatically. Just a few years ago, my husband and I, we opened our restaurant two weeks after our grand opening. Presented the representative from Operation Christmas Show I called us and I answered the phone and she asked me if I want to find her out Operation Christmas Show and if I want to use my restaurant right and to drop off locations for these boxes. So, what I have learned by receiving a box is that the blessing that God has been putting in my life are not just for me to give, but it's a platform that He has been offering me, a platform so I can influence others others can know the have any father. It is such a privilege for me today to be able to pack boxes with my kids and with my family. Thank you for packing boxes that keep on giving.
0: Good morning! I'm going to try my best to follow it, though. How about that? Oh, my goodness. If you have your Bibles with you, we're going to do a little bit of jumping around this morning. We're going to have a journey through the Bible, but we're going to have a lot of fun doing this. If you have your Bible, turn with me, please, to the book of Esther, chapter 4. We're not going to stay there, though, so I'm just giving you a warning. We're going to start there. We're going to use it as our starting text, and we're going to go all throughout the Bible. We're going to take a little trip through there, looking at a concept throughout the Bible. And that concept is time. Time. So right now, if you're one of those people that are ruled by your watch or ruled by your cell phone, turn it off right now. Let's have a little bit of time in God's house this morning. The title of this morning's message is, For Such A time as this. I don't know about you, but when you start looking at the world today, Christians come in and they they speak to me in my office and they say, Pastor, why are we here? The year is 2021. Things are changing. Our world is falling apart. Our country is dissolving. We have no sense of ourselves. We have no sense of who we are. We don't share anymore. We don't love anymore. We don't care anymore. Why is the church still here? And I want you to know that God has kept us here for such a time as this. Look with me, please, in Esther chapter 4, verses 13 to 14. The Bible says, And Mordecai told them to answer Esther, Do not think in your heart that you will escape from the king's palace." all the other Jews. For if you remain completely silent at this time, relief and deliverance will arise for the Jews from another place. But you and your Father's house will perish. Yet who knows whether you have come to the kingdom of such a time as this. Let's open the Lord of prayer, Father, we come to you now in Jesus' holy and righteous name. We want to thank you for your word. And I pray right now, Father God, you would open our hearts to. Praying, Lord God, you prepare each and every heart to hear your word. And I'm praying, Lord God, that you would speak to us. That if there be any that needs to come to know you as personal Lord and Savior, or any that needs to be a part of Robert Snabby, or any, Father God, that need to get their heart right with you, would you let today be that day? We give you the praise, the honor, and glory. Amen. Amen. For such a time as this, I want to bring to you the idea that God has a purpose. A plan for you. A reason for you to be where you are right now. To be doing what you're doing right now. Now, as for Esther, a set of miraculous circumstances led to her becoming the queen. Some of you know that story. I'm going to go over it real quick with you. Esther, she was raised by her uncle, Mordecai. We're just call him Mordecai today. She's raised by her uncle. And of course, uh, the king, Artaxerxes, he decides that his queen is no longer fit. You know why? Because she said no. Apparently he wasn't married very long. Go like this.
2: She said no! And he
0: kicked her out of the kingdom, put her in some exile kind of places. And he had a big royal beauty contest. Kingdom, wide, And he picked Esther. He picked Esther. And people often ask me, Pastor, why did he choose Esther? Was she that beautiful? And I'm going to be honest with you, the Bible refers to being that kind of beauty. But that's not why King Ahasuerus chose her. He chose her because she treated him like a king. That's right. She went into his palace royal, I am not. She didn't go in there and say, let me show you how to do this. I've been doing this all my life, and i got it right. No, no, no. She went to the king and said, king, how do you want it done? You know what? There's some things to learn from that, especially when it comes to us going to God. We go to God and say, God, I got this. Don't wait. When we should be going to God and saying, how do you want it done? Esther up to be queen. And of course, deliverance came to the Jewish people through her office. Mordecai, I remind you, in the verses that we read, that the reason for her uprising, her success, was to do God's will. So I want to bring to you the thought this morning that perhaps you are where you are. Perhaps you're working where you're working. Perhaps you're traveling the way you've been traveling because brought for such time as this. Let's look at the concept of time for God's creation in the Bible. And what I mean by creation, let's just take a look at man this morning. So if you would, turn with me back to Genesis chapter 1 and 2. Now we're going to re- read a lot of verses there. We're just going to kind of touch bases in there. Most of us, I hope, know the story of creation quite well. And so I need to point out to you that our church, Robinson Avenue Baptist Church, literally believes that God spoke this world into existence. We didn't evolve. We were created. And in six days, God made us. And on the seventh day, He rested and blessed it. Because our God is all-powerful. Amen. He's omnipotent, you and He is able. And He knows what's going on. That's another thing that we ought to forget about. Our God is aware of what's happening in our world today. He's not up in heaven. Oops, I took my eyes off the road. He is looking down and saying, everything isn't falling to pieces. It's falling in place. For such a time as this. When we look at time in the Bible, we see clearly we see Genesis 1 and 2. In the beginning, God creates the heavens and the earth. That's the beginning of time. It's a clear concept in there. God brings about morning and evening, or evening and morning if you read the Hebrew, and we see there's time there. There's days, there's nights. He rested on the Sabbath day. So his concept of time is there, yet it seems as though Very little concern for it. Nowadays we are ruled by it. Ruled by, let me tell you, we even use it as discipline, don't we? You ever heard of a timeout? What about a detention? My goodness, some of you even still in high school say, Whoa, well, that detention was the worst thing I could get. Mankind, though, was created born, we grow up, we marry, we have children, and we die. We age. That's our time standard. It varies with everybody. Some people in their 70s, some people in their 80s, some people in their 90s, some people up to 100, 110. Now they eternity. Are you hearing me this morning? I'm going to use a prison phrase for you this morning for all those years of working in prison. Do you feel me? Do you feel me? When you're thinking about mankind in God's eyes, you need to start thinking about man created for an eternity, not for a time span. In other words, you have a purpose that's supposed to be all eternal. You have a relationship that's supposed to be all eternal. Paranormal. And of course you know, we had a problem in Genesis. It began in chapter 3. It ends split with this old snake. That's right. Some of us have some snakes come in our lives before, haven't we? Snakes come in our marriages. Snakes come in our children's lives, haven't we? We're supposed to be Adams looking out for that snake. came another concept we're well not familiar with entrance. That concept of death. Death came. With the entrance of sin, death went to all longer would you stay physically alive. Now as the Bible promises we will die incidentally be Christians. This body will not inherit heaven. Amen. This body is sinful. It will be changed in the company of eye. It will be caught up. I'm going to get a brand new body that I'm going to put on to stand in the presence of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And that body is going to be sin free by the blood God created the world in six days. On the sixth day, He reached down into the dust of the ground church, and He formed mankind and breathed into His nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. With that, God had a relationship with Adam, and that relationship is where He walked in the coolness of the day with Him, and He revealed to Adam walk through that garden looking up into his father's eyes, and his father saying, Do you know how I watered the grass, Do you know what kind of animal that is? You get to name him Adam. Adam named all the animals according to my life. If you ever got a problem with why we call an alligator an alligator, talk to Adam. Boy. It's his fault. <laughs> that relationship. different No duh. We did not evolve animals. did not happen. It's still not happening. You know why? You want to drive and evolution is crazy. Are you ready for this They're going to get so mad at you. They'll hang up the phone. They'll quit texting you on your computer. They'll quit debating you on Facebook. Ask them why monkeys aren't evolving into mankind today. When did evolution stop? If it's true, will never be looking around saying, that's a good question. you be like, yeah. It's a good question because it didn't happen. And you know, they'll ask, why? Why is not there in the woods somewhere, a half and half-man being born? Because evolution is not true. Boy, get so angry. It the Bible says, Children that were nothing but animals. I want you to know that you have the ability to reason. You have the ability to think. You have the ability to comprehend. You have the ability to know right and wrong. It makes us completely different than any other animal. You can teach your dog not to jump through the fence. Know why he won't jump through the fence? Because he knows he's gonna get a spanking or squirt with the water hose or whatever it may be. But he has no concept of it being right or wrong. You teach your child not to run out into the road and they know at first it's because mom or dad will get mad. But later on they realize, it's so, I don't get hit by a car. That concept will never cross the animal's mind. Ever. up he said, God, there's something different. There's male and female. Each has their companion. And the Bible tells us that God's name He commands to be alone. He calls a deep sleep to fall upon Adam. And you know the rest of the story. God opens up Adam's side and he takes it rib from Adam and He builds That finally I have somebody like me, somebody who can reason, somebody who can think through, somebody who can comprehend, somebody who can understand, somebody I can share my deepest thoughts with, somebody who can look me in my eyes and say, I never says, man actually woke up and still asleep at the wheel. Genesis 1.28 tells us, Then God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish in the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. This was Adam and Eve's purpose. This was Adam and Eve's reason for being there. They were created for a relationship with God. They were created to multiply. They were created to rule. But don't forget, they were to be fruitful and have suffering They had this eternal relationship with God until so sin came. And when sin came, that relationship was broken. Could you imagine what that would have been like? To have walked in the coolness of the garden with him. For an eternity, for the purpose of a forever relationship. What's our purpose then? So that brings that question to mind. What's our purpose then? And I want to remind you the title of this morning's message is of Such a Time as This. What's your purpose? Why are you here? And I want you to know if you're visiting with me this morning, it's no accident. You are here. On purpose? Why? Because God wants you to enter into that forever relationship with Him. God wants you to know Him and the power of His resurrection. God wants you to know that you can be changed in the instant of an eye. You can have a new life, a new heart, be renewed, be made, be washed in the blood, and be His child. Our original purpose, as we read in Genesis, was to be fruitful to multiply, to rule over creation. Why? how do we apply that today in the land of cities, in the land of highways, in the land of cars, in the land of dominance by time? How do we become fruitful? How do we multiply? How do we rule over creation? You know, I want to talk a little bit about being fruitful as well. When we often look into fruitful, we talk about, well, you know what? Maybe fruitful is making more Christians, or perhaps the fruit of the Spirit, which is a pretty needful thing. When you look in fruit, we often think of bearing children. But that's not really what was happening there. Be fruitful and multiply. Multiply is having children. Being fruitful, however, is different. Of course, you might be thinking like I do. I'm a humorous kind of guy. You might be thinking, all I need to do is get my kids wet and feed them after midnight, and they will multiply. Like gremlins, you know? The Bible says be fruitful. Multiply. How do we do that? How do we go on in that purpose? Well, the first thing you need to do, and I want to be honest with you, the first thing you need to do, if you want to start living God's purpose in your life, the first thing you need to do is get saved. Amen? first thing you need to do is develop a relationship with God Almighty. That relationship has to be repaired. And it doesn't happen because you want it. It doesn't happen because you said it should happen. It doesn't happen because somebody told you it does. It happens when you pour your heart out to God Almighty and say, I want this relationship renewed, restored, revived, and I want to be your child. Forgive me of my sins. Cleanse my heart and Jesus save me. We become those Christians. We then can be fruitful. How do we be fruitful as Christians? Well, you know what I find in the church today? One of the greatest fruits we can have inside of our garden, if you will, inside the garden we're supposed to tend and keep inside that garden where we're supposed to be fruitful and multiply and rule over creation. Well, the first thing you need to do is love our wife. How many of us can truly say, I love my wife. One of the first things Christian men men need to do is start loving their wives. The Bible tells us in Ephesians 5, 25-33. It says, Husband, love your wives, just as Christ also loved the church and gave Himself for her. Now stop for just a second. Stop for just a second. Every one of us would stand up and say, I love my wife, Pastor, and I would die for my wife. There's even some songs out there. Remember that wonderful song that was out there that said, I will catch a grenade for (laughs) you. So... Pastor, how did you know that? I do have teenage kids. Amen? I had that and died laughing. Then I heard the of the song and I was like, turn that off. Husbands, love your wives. Just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her, we would all stand up and say, I would stand in the way of a bus for my wife, but I will not give her to remote. Control. How many of us would die for her physically? But we will not die emotionally, not one minute, not one second, not one hour of the day. We will always say, I'm right, you're wrong. But we are not fruitful that way. We don't want to give up control anywhere over anything. I'm in charge. The Bible says, Husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her. You know how Christ tells us to be good, godly men? He says, crucify yourself. Die to yourself. Let me live through you. And you will find yourself being a good, godly man. In other words, you're going to be fruitful. And husbands, if you want that kind of fruit in your marriage, start dying to yourself and let your wife win a little bit. Amen? All the women are saying amen. Guys are like, when's it our turn, pastor? tomorrow. Amen? Tomorrow. Be, you can be good when you go to work on Monday morning. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church He gave Himself for. You know, when Betsy and I first got married, one of our first arguments now, the first one we ever had was over the bed sheets, And it was horrible. And I'm not going to tell you about that today, but I am going to tell you about our second argument. Our second argument was over the television remote control as we were laying in bed watching TV. Betsy, faster than a speeding bullet, able to jump over a building, leaped right over it, and pulled the remote right out of my hand. I didn't know what happened. I'm talking, that was the flash. Boom! That quick. And it started an argument. Hey, I was watching that. No, I wasn't. I was channel surfing. I wasn't watching at all. I wasn't watching anything. But it made me angry. Why? Because I felt like The Bible says we need to be fruitful. The Bible says we need to love our wives like Christ loved the church. And we need to start dying to ourselves and start loving our wives the way Christ loved the church. How did Christ love the church? He gave himself for her. And if you love your wife like Christ loved the church, you need to give yourself for her. Somebody say amen this morning. I'm preaching myself happy. Amen. We're supposed to love our wives like that. The Bible says in verse 26 that He might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word. In other words, He gently gives her the Word of God. He takes care of her. He washes her. He cleans her. He holds her. Caresses he her. Washing her gently with water by the word. Why? Look at verse 27. That He might present her to Himself a glorious church not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy and without blemish. Do you, husband, get tired of your wife always being mad at you? Then ask yourself why you're always mad at her. Find
2: out why you
0: start dying to yourself. And wash her with the water of the Word of God. Look at verse 28. So husbands ought to love their own wives with their own body. He who loves his wife loves himself. Did you catch that? Husbands ought to love their own wives as their own bodies. Now, I know you can tell by my physique that I really care about physical fitness. <laughs> so, but on occasion, I do get to go to the gym or something. I get out there with my boys, and they get those barbells and dumbbells out, and they start lifting them about 10 pounds on each side, and they're staring in the mirror of their biceps. Thinking I'm Arnold Schwarzenegger. And they love their bodies. At them. <coughs> we were to love our wives like that. Could you imagine what would happen? The Bible says that you will love your wife like you love yourself. You ought to love her like that. The Bible tells us no one ever hated his old flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it just as the Lord does. We are members of His body, of His flesh, and of His bones. And to complete our Scripture in verse 31, For this reason a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. That's how if you love yourself, you'll love your wife. That's how if you love your wife, you'll love yourself. But the two become one flesh. The Bible tells us this is a great mystery. But I speak concerning Christ in church about husband and wife, weren't we? What happens when Christ loves the church and gives Himself forth and washes it in the water of the Word and caresses it and nourishes it and holds on to it and talks softly to it and the church becomes one with Christ. Nevertheless, the Bible says in verse 33, that each one of you in particular so love his own wife as himself and let the wife see that she respects her husband a lifetime of preaching, which I'm going to sell by right now. Why? Because I want to stay married, amen? Let the wife respect her husband. The Bible tells us, be fruitful. Our original purpose in the Garden of Eden was be fruitful and to multiply and the rule over God's creation if we're going to be fruitful in today's world, inside of today's Christianity. We need to start loving our husbands. We need to start loving our wives. We need to start loving our children. We need to start loving our church. We need to start loving our Bible. We need to start loving, period. Amen? Love her like Christ loved the church, and you'll find yourself bearing fruit. Love her like you love yourself, and you will find yourself bearing fruit. The Bible tells us in Galatians 5, 22-23 about what the fruit of the Spirit is. Listen to what the Bible says here. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Those are the things you start showing to those that aren't in your family because you have Christ in your heart. Be fruitful. Be fruitful. Start bearing God's fruit. You are here for such a time as this. And the world is so hungry for spiritual fruit because the church hasn't borne it in so many years. Somebody say amen. We've been just empty vines with big green branches and big green leaves on it, but no fruit for so many years. It's time for the church to start bearing fruit again. How do we do it? By loving one another. By being joyful in the house of God. By being peaceful. Did I say that? Peaceful in the house. You know what's funny? You can come into church and be mad at your neighbor and see the neighbor and still be mad at him. Why? Because we're not bearing that Long suffering. What's that? That patience, y'all. Patience. Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self control And again, such there is absolutely positive, no law. No. Anyways, that's your first part of our message this morning. God's job for us, God's purpose for us was to be. Fruitful, and if we're to apply that today, we need to start bearing fruit in everything we do, including our marriages. I want to share with you a stunning statistic. Are you ready for this? In Christianity—that's all Christianity—in Christianity, the divorce rate is equivalent to that of the secular world. Why? Because we are not fruitful; we're vengeful. Really. Adam and Eve. He said, Be fruitful and multiply. Multiply. You're here for such a time as this. We know multiply is to have children. Some of us took that literal. Some of us have 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 12, 13 children. There was a show about some Christians who had 19 kids and were still counting. And I remember watching it on TV saying, Better you than me. I'm done with the diaper changing. Amen. Of course, they'll be like, wait for your grandpa. I'm going to keep waiting for a while. And the good news is about being a grandpa is I get to give them back. Amen? Children, multiply. And that's exactly what God was talking about, multiplying that's a beautiful thing. But how does that apply to the church today? Multiply. You know how it applies? We're supposed to be evangelizing. We're supposed to be reaching the law. We're supposed to be creating new children of God. Amen? We're supposed to be bringing them the gospel, the good news, the grace of Jesus Christ. We're supposed to be showing them that there's a better way. We're supposed to be showing them that there's an answer. We're supposed to show them that there's a reason why you can keep on living. Why? Because God thinks you're dying for. And more than that, he was resurrected and lives in heaven because he thinks you're worth living for. It's time for the church to start multiplying. God, I don't care what the world thinks of our God. If they think we're foolish for believing in the flesh, then they don't think we're foolish for believing in the flesh. I think they're foolish for not knowing the power of God and His resurrection. It's time for us to stand up and multiply because our God is more than able, and incidentally, He's made you more than a conqueror through Christ. We need to multiply. Multiply, bring the gospel to those that don't know Jesus Christ. Let them multiply your fruit. Let them look at you and how you love your wife. Let them look at you and how you love your children. Let them look at you and your faithfulness at church. Let them multiply fruit in you. Let them multiply your love. As I'm starting to run out of time here, let's move into our last rule of the creation: Adam and Eve, you need to be fruitful and you need to multiply. This is the time that you're here. Of course, we you know that got marred in sin came. Rule over creation. You know what we can put that at today? Take care of what you have. Take care of it. Take care of it. God's given it to you. You should take care of it. If God has blessed you with it, don't treat it like it means nothing. Instead, take care of it until God says, get rid of it. What you have. He's given us a place, a purpose, a job, a family, and most of us think families. Now they are disposable like razors. We use them a couple of times until we get a cut and we throw them away, don't we? We treat hearts, relationships like that. Oh, it cut me, so I got to get a new one. change times. I want to share with you something. for are here for such a time as this. I want you to look at our next slide if you don't mind. New York City this week. That's right, August 4th. New York City is requiring proof of COVID-19 vaccination for indoor dining, for going to the gym and for entertainment. But you can't go to the movies unless you can show proof. Now, I'm not here preaching against or for vaccination. That's not what I'm here to do. I'm here to tell you we are in strange times. We're in times that are so confusing that we are requiring papers to go to the movies for the United States citizens, but allowing illegals to pour through the border without question. We are living in strange times where we are mirroring the 1920s and 1930s Germany where you have to show papers to eat a hamburger. What is wrong with us? that we're here for such a time this. The church should be standing up, wearing against any mandate that says God's people can't meet, any mandate that says God's people can't gather together, any mandate that says God's people cannot worship hell. We should stand up and yell as long as we can. Blessed be the name of our God. We're here for such a time as this are you wondering what's happening next on the prophecy scale? Where are we? We're at the separation of the sheep and the goats. And people often ask me, Pastor, how come God has to separate the sheep and the goats? Doesn't He know who's who? And the answer is, yes, He does. But the problem is, is the world does not, and God is going to Show this entire world
3: who's real in the Christianity, who's faking their Christianity, and he's going to separate us from the world that We are here for such a time as that.
0: It's time for us to stand up and say, God comes first over everything. We're to be fruitful, church. We are to multiply. We ought to be fruitful. We're supposed to bear fruit in everything we do. Bear Christian fruit in your marriage. Bear Christian fruit in your job. Bear Christian fruit in your family. Bear Christian fruit in all your relationships. We're supposed to multiply. We're here for such a time as that. Multiply. Make more Christians. We're supposed to rule over things. You know what? It's not going to sound very bad to me, but I'm going to go ahead and say, we're supposed to be able to, to tell the devil to get behind us. We're supposed to be able to tell those demons, you have no place, no authority here. Get out of my family. Get out of my house. Get out of my church. Get out of my government. We are that kind of Christians. When we take God's Word literally, we're going to rule over it. Because He's made us more than conquerors. Amen. What are we to do? Christians would to be fruitful. Be fruitful. Start bearing God's fruit in everything you do. It'll change your way of thinking. Did you know that? It'll change your way of thinking. When you start worrying about how you dress, if it bears fruit or not, when you start worrying about what you eat, whether it bears fruit or not, when you start worrying about what you drink, does it bear Christian fruit or not? It'll change everything when you talk to God about everything. Multiply. I sure wish we could just take a bottle of water and some chicken and feed somebody after midnight and watch them turn into new Christians. Have you read the Bible? I know you have. How many of those 5,000 that Jesus said became Christians? How many of those 4,000? You know, I'm Not very many, did you? Not very many. In fact, after Jesus, feeded, Jesus would feed them, he would them go. Because you're not healed. But never, ever, ever forget that our purpose for being here at such a time as this is to share the gospel with everybody we need. We're supposed to take care of the things we have. We're supposed to take care of it. We're not supposed to give it up to the devil. We're not supposed to give it up to anybody else. There should be no church in America closing its door. In fact, churches should be spreading so much that there's nothing else but church. We're supposed to be that kind of we're here for such a time. A time where it's confusing. A time where we're beginning to see prophecies really fly off the pages. Not just songs about it. Not just wonderful stories about what you saw. No, 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 no. We're seeing it on a global scale. We're beginning to see the world turn to favor from Israel. We're beginning to see prophecies come true. How many of you thought How many of you thought it was going to be a computer chip put in you? And now you're starting to say, it might be. It very well might be. It was a neat story, and I held to it, but now it's becoming real. And I'm starting to think about it in ways i never thought about it before. I'm starting to see prophecies come true. I'm starting to see those Scriptures become alive. And you know why? You will get back into God's Word. Galatians chapter 4, please, verses 4 to 5, a closing scripture, which I know is a meaningless preacher statement. Galatians 4, verses 4 to 5. You know that we're here for such a time as this, but you might be sitting in those pews this morning and saying, Pastor, I don't know Jesus, but well, you might be one of those who's sitting in the pews and said, I've said that prayer nine times, and I've went down the aisle, and every preacher shook my hand and said, Look at our brand new Christian. And I'm not a you not Christ. Your love is with the world. Your love is with what the world offers you. In fact, you'd rather have what the world says than what God says. And that should be a scary moment for you right now. This is what the Bible says we're talking about time. Look between Galatians 4, verses 4-5. But when the fullness of time had come, that's right, when the fullness of woman born under the law, to redeem those who are under the law, that we might receive the adoption as Father. Right now, that time is still coming. Right now, the time is still available for you to become a Christian. Right now, it's time for you to go to God and say, You sent your son for me, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem me. As you should begin to understand verse five, those who were under the law. God's law is absolute. God's law is law. You begin to understand you've broken his law and you come to Christ and you might receive the adoption as God. You're here for such a time as that. 2 Corinthians 6 verse 2 tells us: In an acceptable time I've heard to you, and in the day of salvation I've helped you. now is the day of salvation. Do you remember how we started out this message? Mankind was created for an eternal relationship with an eternal purpose. And when sin came, it broke that eternal relationship. God sent forth His Son to die on the cross. That relationship could be renewed and restored and you could be forgiven, that you could be born of You were created for an eternal relationship. The problem is, is, you're going to be eternal regardless of whether or not you come to God or not. Your soul will live eternally. You were created for that. The difference is, is with God, you will be in heaven. Without God, you will be in hell. Sure, as God created this world, there is a hell. In fact, more people talk to me about this. Say, Pastor, you preach on hell a lot. You're sure right, I do. You know why? Because it was the fear of hell that changed me. It took the fear of going there, and I was going there until God gave me His mercy, until God sent His Son into my heart and changed my life. And He can do that for you. If you're going to live eternally, whether in heaven or whether in hell. You're not just going to fall asleep and not going to know anything. No, no, no. The Bible says in the book of is the point of them the man wants to die, and then the judgment. Right then and there, instantaneously. And let me tell you, you we were created for such a time as this. You're in this church this morning for such a time as this. You've heard this gospel message this morning for such a time say, Pastor, I am a Christian, but I sinned. And like a lot of Christians, when I sinned, I stepped away from church. Now I want to come back home. You're here for such a time Would you be willing to humble your heart to Jesus? Would you be willing to give your soul to Him if you need to? Would you be willing to commit to Him? We're going to have a word of prayer Song to start. Come on, man, the high. Meet us here. Let's pray together. Father, we come to you now in Jesus' name. And I want to thank you, Lord God, for your word. And I pray you take charge of this time right now. And I pray your spirit will move, for what we were created for such a time as this. And I pray, Father God, that you take charge of this time. That if there be anyone that needs to come to know you as Lord and Savior, anyone needs to get their heart right with you, or anyone, Father God, that needs to make a decision for you in any way, that you let today be that day. We bless you, praise you, and thank you, even now. I surrender all. Come
3: on.
0: to we'll uh, join with us baptism. going to pray for him in that. We just say amen. Well, that's We're so your be for you. uh-huh. We'll be talking. And working together. I'm sure I want you to stand right up in here? So don't forget uh, today, four o'clock ministry team meeting. Don't forget uh, uh, four thirty choir practice. Don't forget six o'clock tonight's worship service. Don't forget Wednesday night at six thirty. And whatever happening next week. Amen. Experiencing God and all those other things coming on. So come and be a part of that. Um, my goodness. So I'd love to see what God is doing at Robert's Matthew. You know, this week alone, we've seen the new Sunday school class start. We have seen God work in hearts and lives. And you know what? Our God can do anything. Amen. Keep praying and see what God does next. All right. That being said, I'm going to ask some of Robinson's folks in prayer today this afternoon.